from WOUB News. This is The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Ben Polstowaite. And I'm April Leslie. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. This week, a debate continues in Athens around a proposed county charter. We sit down with Dick McGinn from the Athens Bill of Rights Committee to better understand what the proposed charter represents. But first, a disappointing announcement. After more than 20 years, the Athens Book Center is closing its doors. The store, which has been located on East State Street since around 2005, has suffered significant drops in sales. Athens Book Center employee Susan Lee Meter. I saw it coming because of the internet and the ebook market taking over independent bookstores. Lee Meter says sales also took a big hit after the loss of textbook contracts in recent years. The store offers a cafe and children's store, hosts live author readings, and also serves as a kind of community center, Lee Meter says. You know, the community's really sad and the staff is very sad, of course, but it's understandable given the environment. The store is slated to close on August 31st with clearance sales beginning tomorrow. Over the past few months, there's been constant news coverage of something called an Athens County Charter Proposal. Originally rejected by the Athens County Board of Elections, the charter was approved by both Athens County Common Pleas Court as well as the county commissioners. But what does the charter actually represent? If approved by voters in November, it would simply ban the disposal of wastewater from fracking in Athens County, as well as ban the use of Athens County water in the fracking process. Concerned citizens in Athens have been organizing over the past year to ban fracking and its alleged dangerous effects in Athens County. One of those concerned citizens is Dick McGinn. He's the spokesperson for the Athens Bill of Rights Committee, the organization trying to get this issue to the November ballot. We asked him why this issue was important to him and what he hopes to see in the future. All right, I'm sitting here with Dick McGinn, the spokesperson for the Athens Bill of Rights Committee. Dick, thank you for being here today, first of all. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, First of all, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of your you know, history with community organizing around issues like this? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a retired professor of linguistics, so my, in my area of interest is Southeast Asia, and I've been teaching Southeast Asian literature and linguistics for 35 years before I retired. So my, my lifelong interest has been foreign affairs and foreign policy. Um, I lived under two dictatorships, under Ferdinand Marcos in the Philippines for for three years and under uh, General Suharto in Indonesia for four years. So when I got, when I finally retired, I um, became, started to become interested in, uh, in local affairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially my main concern was the power of corporations worldwide. I mean, basically globalization is, is, is global um, and um, economic development uh, proceeds at such a pace uh, that enriches a few and impoverishes many. Um, and I sort of knew that was happening in the U.S., but, but it wasn't nearly as stark and as, as, uh, as uh, damaging to the environment and to society as I saw it in uh, Philippines and Indonesia under those dictators. Things have, have certainly improved in the, both of those countries since. Um, but then when I saw that really, in a way, we're suffering from the same kinds of things in the United States, uh, especially in Athens County, uh, where I live, um, except that the, it's more subtle. Um, if I were under Marcos, I think probably I would be in jail by now. 
Um, maybe I'm not big enough of a fry to put in jail, but certainly people in my organization, uh, Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund, would certainly be in jail or disappeared. I mean, I, had, I taught students in, in the Philippines that simply disappeared after protesting. Um, you know, the, their treatment under Ferdinand Marcos. So my eyes were kind of open when I stepped into Athens County and looked at this local scene. Um, and the biggest uh, issue uh, recently has been this fracking business. And uh, so uh, what I see is the state um, of Ohio uh, taking all the power away from the people and giving it to the corporations and allowing them for a free hand to do whatever they want to. Um, and uh, instead of putting us protesters in jail or put us uh, dissenters, I should say, in jail, um, they just ignore us. Basically, it's a very soft uh, approach compared to what uh, I saw overseas. Uh, but ignoring uh, is another way of dismissing. Uh, so that's basically... Uh, so once I saw this happening and I, and I joined the groups that were already active, there are many, many groups throughout the state and the country that are very active and have spent many years doing this. So when I popped up, um, I was rather new to the scene, and um, maybe that was a good thing um, because um, I was able to organize a sort of a new approach, you might say. Okay. Um, it's standard activism but with a different twist, and so it's another approach, another tool in the toolbox, so to speak, um, trying to get rights back for people and get democracy back, you know, back the way we thought it was or the way it should be um, when we were in school. Uh, how quickly and about when did you start finding like-minded people in Athens County who kind of shared your same concerns about particularly fracking in general? Well, I was fortunate uh, to be invited to uh, join the board of the Appalachian Peace and Justice Network. Um, that was about 19, er, 2010 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and I met a, a person, John Howell, who was on the board at the time, and he was just retiring from the board, and he, he's a retired professor as well um, in the College of Medicine. Uh, but he started an organization called Democracy Over Corporations, mm -hmm. and it was devoted to this question, basically a study group in a way, um, of how... Uh, corporations have gotten so much power and control in, in the United States, and they've done it with legitimate means. I mean, it's simply right legislature, and they influence elections, and <clears throat> there are all kinds of methods and ways um, that they operate, but, <clears throat> excuse me, their power has become so great, and so that's what we, what we were studying, and so I just took it upon myself to, to study this fracking business uh, as a topic, Mm -hmm. within the democracy uh, doc, D-O-C, we call it. Okay. Um, and uh, I guess from there it grew. I mean, I was asked then by uh, certain people to present a paper to the, um, a proposal to the city council uh, because I happen to live in the city. Not all of us in the doc organization right. live in the city. And so that got me started. And it just became... It just became, it grew into a great interest mm -hmm. uh, because the more I looked into it, the more I found out, the more I learned, uh, the more convinced I became that, that this was a serious problem, that mm -hmm. the environment was under threat, 
and democracy was under threat, and that this is America. It's not Far Marcos's Philippines, and it's not Suharto's Indonesia. This is America, and the American Revolution promised us freedom and uh, uh, all men are created equal, and, and these things that we that we believe um, uh, we need to stand up for and uh, retain. In your particular activism, you haven't been unsuccessful. You know, that last November, the city of Athens was the only city in Ohio to pass an actual fracking ban, at least within city limits. Right. So you have found at least you know some sort of recept you know reception in this small area. Yeah, um, we've been that. we've been pretty um, pretty successful so far. You could say um, uh, because we this. Again, stemming from the DOC organization, we, the core committee was from there, Sally Jo Wiley, and I could name a whole bunch of people, um, and it has grown from that. So, yeah, but the uh, city of Athens is a small place when you're talking about environmental protection, and um, the, uh, the city's ordinance is, of course, to protect the water. Mm -hmm. And so we ban fracking and we ban injection wells. Uh, that is, the fracking wastewater injection is not really water. It's really poison. Um, we ban that in the city limits, but as you probably know from first grade or even before that, water does not stay in one place. Um, so water to protect the city's water, you have to protect the water, water supply. You have to protect the aquifer. You have to protect, really. So that's, that's why once we got this ban in the city, um, we knew we had to do more to protect this, the water, which mm -hmm. is, which is, a, which flows in and out. Uh, a lot of people understand the, you know, supposed dangers of fracking, but a lot of people may not understand exactly what means by which you're trying to change things in the county. Uh, when oh, you the, hear, hear all these conversations about the county charter, I don't know if everyone completely understands what that means. So, what does, when when did the decision come down that you know pursuing a, you know the county county charter proposal would be the best way of enacting that change that you wanted to see? Well, is it once again? I go back to the structure. We're not just acting alone here. The structure that we operate under is called Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund, mm -hmm. CELDF. It's a it's a Pennsylvania. It started in Pennsylvania. They've enacted many, many ordinances citywide, you know, in many, many cities, including the city of Pittsburgh, biggest one so far, and also in other states. Um, so when we come to talk about protecting the water in the county or in the larger watershed, say looking at natural systems like watersheds and aquifers, it really goes beyond the county as well. Uh, but it, it, the county is pretty well contained with... Uh, uh, the Hawking River coming, you know, in from the north uh, west and flowing out into the Ohio River on the southeast. Um, you look at the structure of laws in Ohio, and it turns out that the county can't do much. Okay. I mean, the counties are just not empowered to act the way a city is. A city has the powers of um, Ordinances. You can pass ordinances. And uh, as in our case, and there have been other cases as well, citizens can petition. If the city council or the mayor are, uh, if, the, if, if an issue is, is, is um, controversial, then uh, it needs to be put to a vote rather than just being decided in, in council. So mm -hmm. the mayor and the city council can put issues on the ballot 
or the citizens themselves can when it's uh, that kind of an issue, and that's what happened in our case. But the counties don't have that kind of power. So what our structural system, that is CELDEF, the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund, uh, came up with the strategy um, that, to empower the counties. And so that's really basically what it comes down to. And as it turns out, um, it's, a, it's a, an empowerment that's available, that's um, uh, written into the Ohio Constitution, uh, Chapter 10. Anybody can read that. You can download it. It's not that difficult. Uh, a little bit dense in places, but basically that's, that's the approach, is that by, by altering the, um, the structure of county government, we now would be adopting or securing the rights of the people, which are inherent in the American Constitution, to protect themselves. Um, by empowering the county, by giving more authority to the county. So that's the strategy that we're, that we're pursuing, and it's, it's now there are four counties doing this all at the same time in Ohio. Um, it's Meigs and Athens and uh, Medina and Fulton counties all doing the same thing. Um, I guess if, if, if we had a charter, we'd just, we'd just do an ordinance type thing, but we don't have one, uh, and so we need one in order to make the, make the ordinance, the, the, the ruling against, uh, in this case, injection wells and, um, and, secure, and um, taking water from the county. Those are the two prohibitions in the charter. Right. What have your kind of emotions been throughout this kind of back and forth with both the board of elections? You know, what what ha how have how have you taken the successes and failures of you know your attempts to get this char charter to the November ballot? Well, we haven't really had any failures. Mm -hmm. um, we've had what we might call bumps in the road, <laughs> and we're actually on top of a bump at the moment, mm -hmm. as you well know. It's in the papers uh, again this morning. Um, it's pretty interesting. I mean, basically, it's interesting work for a person that's interested in politics and interested in democracy and interested in in um, um, the place of Athens County in the in the larger picture. Uh, it's just a very interesting thing, and none of us knew enough coming in, and we are all learning as we go. I mean, we're basically learning every day some new twist. Um, every objection raises new questions, but I've yet to, we've yet to run into anything that said this is the wrong thing to do. It's 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 challenges, and there are challenges from all sides at the moment. Uh, but we haven't certainly failed yet. I mean, basically, the board of elections said no, you can't have that. Well, we went to court and won. Um, so now the um, question is that there's a protester has come forward, which uh, she has every right to do. Um, so that's, that's, that's the next step. So what we have to do is, is win that one. Mm -hmm. uh, what we hope, of course, is that the issue will be on the ballot and that we'll have a real debate, we'll have a real challenge when we go out and try to convince the people of Athens County that they need a charter in order to protect their rights and they do have a fundamental basic right to a clean, safe environment, clean air, clean water, clean soil, and that the um, uh, activities prohibited by the charter are a, an absolute threat 
to the health and safety of ourselves and our children and grandchildren and to the economic sustainability of the whole county. I mean, imagine if this place gets polluted. The aquifer is a very delicate thing and very small. Um, if that gets polluted, um, where, where, does, where, where is Athens County? Where is Ohio University? Uh, it's, it's, it's unthinkable. Mm. You know, the protesters, um, both, both the official protester who filed on Wednesday, as well as some other concerned citizens in Athens, were concerned about the legality of the charter and perhaps legal overreach. Would you respond to that? And do you think that by an enacting relatively wide sweeping ban over use of water of Athens County, do you view any, perceive any potential, you know, legal dangers within that ban? Yeah, sure, lots of them. And I think she's quite correct. Uh, Ms. Brisley is quite correct um, that there are legal uh, challenges, but w we've had them before and we expect to, to run into them again. The real basic fundamental issue is uh, the rights of the people to govern themselves and the rights of the people to live in a clean and safe environment. Um, I disagree strongly with uh, the protester uh, that this issue needs to be stopped now before it gets to the people for a discussion and for a dialogue and for debate. I mean, what she says is she doesn't like the content of the charter because it could cause problems. Well, yes, hello, of course. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're shaking things up. We are challenging laws that we feel are unjust and that violate our fundamental basic rights as Americans uh, and as human beings. So um, the whole issue is whether it should go on the ballot or not. Because if it goes on the ballot, then we invite her, we invite everyone, we invite everybody in the county to come to our sessions. We're going to have uh, we're going to have town hall meetings. We're going to have Democracy Day in Gloucester on the on September 26th. We're going to have uh, meetings in uh, Stewart, in Albany, in uh, uh, in Nelsonville. Um, we expect to hear from people who don't like this idea of a charter. That's the whole point of having a democracy, because ultimately, if we can educate ourselves about what the purpose and meaning of the charter is and what it does and what the challenges will be legally and, and otherwise, um, then the people can decide. And you have to have a certain faith in the common good sense of the people of Athens County that when they hear both sides, pro and con, they will make a reasonable decision. That's what I call democracy. It's not democracy to say, oh, this is this is not a good idea for people to d talk about this, so let's just not have a vote on it. Let's just take it off the ballot. I think that's wrong, and I don't think there are any legal grounds for that protest. I think it, we don't know what's going to happen because now it's in the hands of one person. That's not really a democratic solution to, to give it to the Secretary of State, but he does have the authority, and we have to, we have to honor that. But nevertheless, pushing it to one person to decide everything uh, is the opposite direction. We want to push it to the people and let them decide. Dick McGinn is a spokesperson for the Athens Bill of Rights Committee. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
That's it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by myself and April. We're edited by Atish Baija, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant. And our theme music is written and performed by Ryan Gabus. Subscribe to The Outlet on iTunes or find us online at woub.org. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.